The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. And welcome once again to It Came From the Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. Of course, we have none other than Fishy Sarcasm, Dominic Diffinish, Manferrano. I feel so virtually distanced. We have our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Hello. And we have L-Man, Jenny Feldy. You know, I feel distanced, but we're all in this together. But you know we're not. We're not right. all in this together. So we're not. <laughs> On this week's show. We have another Jay Bird and Lee segment, an extended Jay Bird and Lee segment, as a matter of fact. And L-Man Jenny Feldy interviews uh, author, super young author, Sarah Humphrey. So before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's more than time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 26 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. More information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is the Big Apple Trading Card Show, which will be in scheduled for May uh, 7th of this year. And also, uh, we're brought to you in part by the fine folks at sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. I want to give a shout-out for our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday, Famous Resident Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, Yasmin Array, and Rosa. You want to get your own little shout-out? Go to our website, www.kingsonradio.com, and there's a button on there that takes you right to our Patreon page, and just for $1 a month, you support our little show, and you get a shout-out on the very same show we just mentioned, which is the one you're listening to right now. Whew, all right, so let's see. Start with sad news. We have one, one bit of sad news for today. Actor and producer Lawrence Dane, or Dane, I guess, it depends how uh, you pronounce it, D-A-N-E, uh, died recently of pancreatic cancer. Uh, Lawrence appeared in such films as, here we go, <gasps> The Heat Wave Lasted, Four Days, It Seemed Like a Good Idea at the Time, Bear Island, Scanners, Happy Birthday to Me, I remember that movie, of Rolling Vengeance, Darkman Part 2, The Return to Run, once again, I remember that one, National Lampoon, Senior Tramp, It Takes Two, Senior Trip, not Senior Tramp, It Takes Two, Ride of Chucky, Walking Dead, no, Walking the Dead, Fail, The Price of Silence, Duct Tape Forever, I like that one, uh, Behind the Wall, and Undercover Grandpa, just to name a few. On a small screen, Lawrence appeared in such TV shows slash movies as Shadow of a Pale Horse, Point of Departure, House on Green Apple Road, Our Man Flint, Dead on Target, Dr. Jordan Tracy, In Like Flynn, Bionic Showdown, The Six Million Dollar Man, The Bionic Woman, I believe that is the second one of the trilogy that they made, um, Star Runner, Amy Fisher, My Story, Vanished, Side Effects, Double Jeopardy, Mr. and Mrs. Loving, Lethal Vows, Guilty Heart, Phenomenon Part 2, Lucky Dog, and A Very mix and a very Merry Mix-Up, just name a few. Whew. Uh, he was a uh, spry 84 years old. Wow. He has a, like I said, that's just a few. So he has a ton of uh, work that he's in. So once again, as I, we've mentioned many times on the show, he's one of that guy actors. Like, oh, that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, as I'm looking through his IMDb, I'm very much like, yep, he's, I, don't, I, can't, I couldn't place him in a lineup. 
but I'm just looking at shows that he's been in, like, seen that show, seen that show, seen that show. So clearly I have seen this gentleman. If I'm not mistaken, I believe I remember him from the bad guy in the Bonnet Showdown with, uh, no, was the second one. So that was with Sandra Bullock. She was in that one. Hmm. So let's see. So now we got to move on to the not as happy news or the regular news, as we like to say. Yeah. From the, the Razzies are in the apartment. For those of you who Yay. do not know, the Razzies are an award show that pokes fun at the Oscars with the quote-unquote worst films of the year. Highlights of this year's quote-unquote winners are Space Jam Part 2, which I've seen, with worst actor for LeBron James, worst screen couple, which is LeBron James and any Warner cartoon character or Time Warner product he dribbles on, and worst remake, ripoff, or sequel. So we got three Razzies Awards. Um, worst supporting actor, and this one is for L-Man, Jenny Feldy. Jared Leto got the award for worst uh, supporting actor in House of Gucci. Which I know you saw, that's, right? That's that's he should have gotten best supporting. He makes the movies. The only thing that I stayed awake. Like, come on, <laughs> what a disaster! And see, I remember how upset you were when he got nominated. Now he won. And you know what? I was at a party. I was at a, a shoot. I must have been in maybe one of my movie shoots this week. And I think someone said that he was horrible. And I'm like, horrible? He's like one of the best things I've seen all year. These people are nuts. So maybe that's going to go down as your best thing you've seen when we get to the end of this year. You got to follow that away. It might be. <laughs> yeah. And, and a special category for worst performance by Bruce Willis in a Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> he won that category. <laughs> well, that's kicking him when he's down because he just got... Wow. Yes, what yeah. a, yes what a I stretch. heard about that. That, uh, that is actually not in this week's news. I just heard about it, so it's going to be in the following news uh, segment. But yeah, I heard about Worst that. Worst performance of Bru- by Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis in a Bruce Willis movie. Which and, movie was it? So he won, for, which is funny. He won in the one that, the only one that I saw. So he was in Surviving the Game, Out of Death, Midnight in the Switchgrass, Fortress, Deadlock, Apex, American Siege, and Cosmic Sin. And I saw Cosmic Sin, and that's the one he won for. So his performance was the worst in that one. Not to spoil next week's news, but Tina and I, uh, my lady and I were discussing this, you know, this this news that we'll talk in the future. And she told me, like, that he was in seven movies last year. And I had no idea he was in anything last year. Yeah, they were all direct to video. Direct yeah. to streaming, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, but he won for Cosmic Sin, which ironically is the one that I saw. And that movie was not great. But it wasn't, I've seen worse. I've seen worse. Well, yeah. So moving on. Uh, Charlie, moving on. senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Were you familiar with any of those movies? Did you see House of Gucci, America, Cosmic Sin, and or Space Jam 2? No. <laughs> just making sure just making sure all right so moving on uh speaking of movies yes. for the oscars the numbers are in and while still the second least watched and second lowest rated academy awards Yay! ever, this Yay! year's ceremony pulled in an estimated audience of 16.6 million people which is up 58 percent from last year's show of only 10.4 million viewers of course uh, most of the numbers comes after a certain incident that we here on the Came From the Radio will not mention due to the fact that not only has everyone else put in their two cents, but much like moving into a new home, there is just too much to unpack in the amount of time that we have for the show. Uh, for those keeping track- I have spent 
three days waiting to discuss this. Yeah, oh my uh, god! Uh, yeah, we don't. You we, and me both. We don't yeah. have it's like, no week. time. No time. We gotta. We're just yeah, gonna sh- shut week. this down. Yes. Um, so for you those, know what, Mark? I'm coming over there and slapping <laughs> you. For those of you keeping track, the four lowest Oscar ratings of all time would be 2019 at 29.6 million. 2020 at 23.6 million, 2022 this year 16.6, and then as mentioned, 2021 at 10.4. So people are not watching Oscars. We have a dubious uh, uh, feeling with award shows, but it's crazy how the numbers keep on going down and down and down and down. And only but for the incident, it jumped up. But isn't that crazy how? This is where we're at. The the um, I don't I don't care about the numbers. I can't believe we're not discussing this. Everybody else has. There's no point. Well, there's a reason. Really. What that yeah, everybody else has. We 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 we, we have. It's, All it's right. We owe it to it's our loyal much. listeners. And you know what? I guess we should it's just tear down the 9/11 memorial because that's not important it's, either. Because everyone's talked about it. It's you know? too much. It's too much to unpack because then we'd have to really dedicate the entire show to this, and we just don't have that kind of time. So oh, I don't. Moving think on. It's really simple. Does, does it, anyone it really? Think, there, does there, anyone think Will Smith was right? There's more. There's more things to say about it if we open that door, and we just can't on, on this show for time. Ah, tune right. in, tune so, into the Kate Fox show, and I will was, be talking about. Was he yes. a great marketing machine? So, yes. Was he morally right? No. So move on to the uh, from this isn't uh, from the isn't that the People's Choice Awards follow up department? As mentioned in a previous show, the Oscars teamed up with Twitter to have people vote for the fan favorite film of 2021 and Oscar cheer moment of all time, while. Bloody Nun 2, or as Elman suggested, Bloody Nun Part 3, which hasn't even finished filming yet, did not win for either category. Yeah. Zack Snyder won for both The Flash running through the Speed Force and Zack Snyder's Justice League as the best uh, Oscar cheer moment of all time, and Army of the Dead was taken in the best fan film of 2021. The Academy says, we're thrilled to partner with Twitter to help build and engage an excited digital audience leading up to this year's ceremony. Through these activations, social media users around the world now have an opportunity to engage with the show in real time, find a community, and be part of the experience in ways that they've never been able to before. Twitter says, Twitter is the best place to be during the award show, and the Oscars is the biggest conversation drivers every year. The idea is that fans might see their tweet during an Oscar broadcast is pretty epic, and we are thrilled to have the opportunity to partner with the Academy to bring this to life. Now, yeah, we've seen of- lots of stuff throughout <laughs> this year. And Zack Snyder's uh, Army of the Dead, is that really the best movie of this year for fan favorites? I don't know. I don't what know. a bunch of bull poopy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you exactly. really wanted uh, Bloody Nun 3 to win, didn't you? Well, Bloody Nun 3 yeah. is shooting April 4th, so it's not out yet. So there's hope. I just, I'm just, everything I do, I do it for the Razzies. Everything I do, I do it for you. That's for the Razzies. Very nice. Look into your heart. Uh, Did you you didn't see that? That's from Robin Hood with Kevin Costner. Thank you uh, very much for that. I I know the song. I know where it comes from. But thank you for that. That's in Robin Hood? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. With, uh, Morgan, Morgan Freeman and uh, uh, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Yep. Oh, that's what I, I, made... I was just being a sentimental. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's one of my favorite songs. 
I actually, uh, I, I got the reference from um, Men in Tights because that's where they got the joke from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So moving on, moving on. Let's see. I'm a okay. woman Unlike in tights. other Robin Hoods, <laughs> I can speak with an English accent. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I, I, I quickly mentioned that I thought that it's the whole thing about the Oscars is that it's not supposed to be, you know, fan favorite because that's what the People's Choice for award show is. Um, and now it's weird and that still, and the, and, yeah. and by 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 tradition, it's never been fan favorite. I think the last time a fan favorite movie won Best Picture was The Lord of the Rings. Uh, no, it, it never corresponds. And the other thing is, is that where it's so weird that. The Golden Globes is gone, essentially gone, as we've seen. Right. The Oscars, second lowest of all time. Right. I think we might be at a precip- uh, precipice of um, the award shows not being relevant anymore. I think we're getting to that point. We're, we're yeah. pretty much. That's because all the actors should learn how to shut their political mouths. That's all. Charlie has, been, Charlie has been saying this for years. Charlie has been saying this for years. This is true. Well, well, yeah. relevant, but just at a smaller increment level, you know, because it's like, you know, 16 million is still a lot of people, but it's like, it's a very divisive time. And I think that a lot of things were cool are going out like vaccines were cool. Now many people hate them. Yeah. Voting, people don't trust it. They used to trust it. The award show, they loved it. So I feel like there's always going to be a faction of people that probably like these award shows, but it's going to be like a smaller group, you know? Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I don't um, know. So Maybe on. they will go out 100%. Maybe, but we'll be here for it. So that's going to be the best part. We can come back to this conversation. Like, you remember when we talked about this? Yeah, small part. You know, I think a lot of people are going to stick on to old values and be like, you don't want to watch things on YouTube. (laughs) I still think one of the best, like, movie award shows is the MTV Movie Awards. It's done, like, before it's actually aired. It's edited down to time. It's fast. (laughs) It's, like, it's, you know, fun. True. There you go. Agree. I have, interesting. I have been protesting the MTV Movie Awards since Jackie Chan lost <laughs> for mm. best action for best fight. Like, how can he sure. lose that? I, I forgot who he lost to. Who do you lose it to? Yeah, I, I forgot, but I rem- I distinctly remember it was like you know best fight Jackie Chan. This was well, one of, maybe I think it was a uh, Rumble in the Bronx, and that was one of his mm. best fight scenes. That he, uh, at the now, time. Let me tell you something about Jackie Chan. Yes. he always has. He always has great fight scenes. Oh yeah, but for 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 my my bang for the buck, uh, Roman LeBron was, I believe, my first real exposure to him. So seeing that movie at that time, I was blown away by his stunts and the and the fight choreography. So that, that movie was, was like the highlight. You got a rumble in the Bronx. I got a rumble in my belly. <laughs> I love you know one of the things I love about the Rumble in the Bronx is that you can see the mountains. Yes, the Bronx the mountains, Bronx, the Bronx mountains <laughs> in the background. Yeah. yeah, I've seen them several times when I went through the Concords. And uh, so but, yeah, uh, I was, I those are the Catskills people. Pro- protest, yeah. <laughs> uh, protesting uh, MTV Movie Awards. Charlie, go. Um, I just wanted to say there was a funny thing on Facebook. I should have copied it, but it was like a chart with multi-pictures of people, the actors, and their stunt doubles. And you had about eight of them. And then there was a picture of Jackie Chan and another picture of Jackie Chan next to him. So I thought that was amusing. Uh, so moving on, from Lee. That's a lot of nuts! Department. 
There was the, a squirrel. No, never mind. <laughs> the new Sandra Bullock action comedy, The Lost City, took the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in $30 million in ticket sales, beating out the Batman movie, or the Batman, uh, which made an additional $20 million in its fourth, one, two, three, four, week of release. For those of you keeping track, or don't care, the aforementioned Batman film is still the highest grossing film of this year, 2022, with $333.6 million, followed by the second third Spider-Man film with $227 million. Keep in mind that that Spider-Man film is last year's highest grossing film of all uh, of, uh, of, uh, 20, of the year, 2021. Uh, Lost City comes in at number nine. Um, I think Batman still has legs. I have yet to see it. Have anybody else has seen it yet? Nah. I didn't see it. No. I, I haven't. I'm I'm honestly just waiting for it to come to streaming. It's a three hour Same. long movie. Oh my god, forget it. It's definitely watching on streaming. Three hours? So, Are they nuts? <laughs> you know, like just just because the thing I hate is like you're two hours in, you've been holding it in for two hours, and then you're finally like, I gotta go. And exactly. then you miss something good. So when you make movies that are three hours, now I'm just waiting for streaming. Like, pause. Exactly. Yeah. I'm Don't gonna do it. go use the bathroom. I'm gonna make myself a snacky snack. It's gonna be yep. delicious. <laughs> yep. What he makes snacks in the bathrooms. Did you guys hear that? It's pretty weird. <laughs> That's right, I do. <laughs> <Pretty weird. laughs> that... You ever see you ever see Home Improvement, the man's bathroom? Mm-mm. from years ago that's what it's like that reminds oh. the other thing is too i can just pick it up in the bathroom thanks <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of a of a, a quick segue uh, for married children um there was the joke where al went into peg's bathroom and he was like there's so many oils and vinegars in there what are you doing making a salad <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, actually, the stuff I make is edible. <laughs> actually, someone that someone I know ate the product I gave them and said, "Oh, it it smells so good. It looks like I can eat it." And he ate some. He said it tasted really good. Hey, so a lot of the stuff the is high, edible. If you have high quality essential uh, oils, they are edible. There you go. Yeah, some some are. And oatmeal <laughs> and rice. That's in my face care stuff. Yeah. Mm. So, I can make a cake. She makes salads. I make cakes. Moving on. So moving on. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> From the tuna salad department, your approaching Lou Ferrigno territory department. That will never be us. Go ahead. <laughs> According to Ace Comic Con, which are big time celebrity driven conventions, actor Simu Liu, star of Shang-Chi, while, as with all Ace Con events, being able for celebrity photo ops and in-person autographs with a price of $150 each will not, quote, sign any master of Kung Fu comics or other comics deemed offensive, unquote. For those of you who don't know, the aforementioned comics are the one where the character comes from that that actor portrays in the film. Oh, God. So that's like saying... (laughs) I mean, that was uh, funny. The, yeah, so the, yeah. the, the movie Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings stars an actor, which is based on a comic book, and he mm-hmm. will not sign while still charging $150 for a photo and an autograph, not together, mm-hmm. will not sign any comic books of that character in the comic because it is uh, deemed offensive to him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But that's like saying, wow. you know what? Maybe him and Will Smith can start their own club and if, just be offended by everything. No. That's like I don't saying, know. if um, I don't know what he's, go ahead, Charlie. I don't know what he's taking, but he's not sharing it. 
That's it. That's that's like once again, um, as I said, if Lou Ferrigno, who played right. the Incredible Hulk in TV series, decided not to sign Incredible Hulk comic books, like what, pretty what, much, yeah. What's the deal? As he shouldn't. It's offensive. Because <laughs> he finds it offensive. Yeah, it's offensive. He shouldn't. He shouldn't now he shouldn't participate. Mm-mm. I now, find I can, offensive. Now I can see. Now there was something that had happened. This is years and years ago. I went to a convention, um, and Kenny Baker was there, and they made sure that everybody knew he would not sign anything that wasn't Star Wars or Lucasfilm approved. Now that's different because that's you know a branded that's material. Not want to get sued, right? So yeah, that no. way people can't sell. You know, oh, he approved of him signing his name to this item which is not an official yeah, star wars merchandise but sure. that was the only time i've have ever run into any celebrity saying that they particularly will not sign any group of things except this this you know what kind of celebrity i'm i'll even sign other celebrities autographs I, hey you come over here <laughs> campbell i'll sign the autographs no problem our, our senior correspondent up. charlie saladino had a book signing and what did, what books did you sign uh any any books that anybody bought <laughs> <laughs> what except, was this where was this the, except, was, except for the bible i remember you said you would not sign the bible i would not sign the bible i did yeah that was a great that was a great bit i went to four bars where that happened that's hilarious I we have pictures that. on our facebook page of him signing books we had his own very book i know i liked you charlie <laughs> and that's all because that's all because i came from a pat benatar book signing i was late to the studio and I walked in and I just said, I'm sorry, I was at a book signing. <laughs> and, and what I don't know, you or Hassan have said, what were you signing books that people brought? And <laughs> the, rest was, the rest was history. That's yeah, funny. That's, that's you been actually a did running it. gag now yeah. with, for years with you. Yeah. So oh, like wow. the, the ridiculousness in my mind, I have to say, I don't know about the rest of the panel on the show. To refuse to sign something that you are representing because you find it offensive, then you shouldn't have taken the role. Well, yeah. Now, this like Shang Chi have his own stupid. comic. Shang Chi was the master, the masters of kung fu. That was where the Shang Chi right. character was in. Right, but is there now? I don't because I, I haven't. Really I believe there. Well, obviously, because the Disney Marvel machine, there probably is right. a new Shang Chi comic that's out now. So he probably signed that. I'm assuming. Right. You know, but like, it's just, because you know, he's back, literally in a kung fu movie. Because back, I guess, quote unquote, back What's in those days, some some of the portrayals of the characters in those comic books were deemed offensive as to now to certain people. So yeah. it's like, um, if uh, what was his name, uh, Luke Cage, um, Michael Coulter, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So if he decided that he would not sign a Power Man comics from back in the day because he found that right. they were black exploitation and offensive, right? I just, I can't. I can't wrap my head around it. Right. I mean, it would be like the late um, uh, Chadwick Boseman not signing a Black Panther comic. Right, exactly. Like, I just think that that's the height of stupidity. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not 100% related, but it reminds me of, like, I work with a lot of models and I produce some magazine shoots. So sometimes I had this conversation with the, the guy who produces two magazines. He's all the time. I, I'm sure this happened to five, ten times. The model will take photos. Maybe they're too risque. She doesn't like them for whatever reason. And then they're published. And then she asked them to take it down or she asked them to take it down right before they're about to publish the whole magazine. It's all been edited and shot. Models do this. They, you know, they do something. They're on board and they change their mind. Actors do it too. 
All right, that's that's actually see, a, I, that's a that's a actual. I can see the comparison. That's a fair assessment. But I can get behind that a bit because that's their own picture that they might not like of themselves. Yes, asked, it is more looks based. And it, and they've asked for it to be taken down before it goes out. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, or sometimes they're online. Maybe it's on an online magazine or online Instagram. And and Instagram, you know, Instagram and Facebook nowadays is respected as real media. I mean, comedians are turning down TV shows to shoot YouTube. So YouTube and the social media is like the real thing now. That's mm. so. If you ask someone to take something down for social media now, not really two years ago before the pandemic, but now since we've kind of really entered this metaverse world, we really have. It is a big deal to take stuff off the internet. So it's like, yeah. ah. Nothing yeah. off the internet. So, yeah, and now it's real business now. So you have an actor who is presented with an opportunity to star in a movie that's uh, minority-led, right? They give him – I have to give him the, uh, the source material. And if at that time he's like, I'm offended by this, then why in the world – would you take the job exactly right exactly money 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 (laughs) yes yes. no one knew who this guy was before he took the job that's why yeah i i really am like that's that's just i don't know it just it bothers me so much that 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 would be the case he's like i I don't know i'm I'm too good for this now to sign this of where the character comes from that i am making millions of dollars from yeah the bank account is in there now i have morals so <laughs> or maybe they're embarrassed i mean i i think it's all really really stupid so i'm not defending the guy in any means but maybe you know he's one of these people that's really trying to virtue signal fake signal and do the right thing and appear like he's doing the right things so now he's like oh, there's you know this nazi joke or something in this maybe i shouldn't sign it because it'll be like i'm condoning this behavior so they're being so careful whereas me it's like eh, i didn't write it i didn't produce it they did a nazi well, joke i'm just an actor whatever but i could see that that's the only thing where i'm like all right it's kind of well, excusable, that, that is a and once again i i have to say that you present a a valid argument on that thank you because everyone's so afraid of condoning bad behavior now you're guilty <laughs> because you don't speak up you know yeah, Mark. Yes. Do you, um, do you remember? Do you, do you remember a while back, a couple of years ago, um, at Comic Con, uh, and I don't know which San Diego or or New York, uh, but Sylvester Stallone did not want to do this and he asked some outrageous price for his autograph and they <laughs> they said come on down and then all of a sudden wow. in the middle. In the middle of this, he says, and I'm not signing any boxing gloves. That was New York Comic Con. That was um, $650 for an autograph. Right. I went right. to the I went to the table where they were selling autographs. I was like, is this for real? And they said yes. And they said, and then before I even followed up with what the hell, they said, oh, because he's filming Expendables, and so he has to stop filming to fly to New York to sign, so that's to make up for the cost of the, the, the shooting. And of course, uh, senior <laughs> wow. correspondent Charles Sino at the time, which I agreed to, he said, I don't know if you remember this, Charles, you said, he's getting paid to make the movie. How is it that he's losing money if he's getting paid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. He just didn't want to do it. You know and what, he asked maybe, him that- yeah. So in the yes, outrageous just say no. Yeah. Just say I don't want to do it. What was that? A TV show that would make sense because episodic. You'd miss an episode, you know? 
Right, but it's a movie. Not a movie. Yeah. The time of your, 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 and it's his movie. We got a BS sniffer in the house. (laughs) Unless somehow the studio, unless somehow the studio was going to penalize him for shutting down production for a day and correct, correct, take money out of his pocket. So, just saying you don't want to go. I mean, unless he's under contract. So we have, have uh, we have a less than than a minute and a half. So it is so it is possible because we've never actually heard from Sylvester Stallone, only from his people, that they that they would lose money on the production if he wasn't there. But there are assistant directors, there are other scenes that he wasn't in, there are other things to do, and who knows exactly at what point was this film shooting? And if he is getting penalized, he, did he believe that six hundred dollars per signature, six fifty per signature, and it was um, a photo and a signature combined? No, wait, no, the signature was six fifty, and you had to pay four hundred if I'm not mistaken for the right, right, extra yeah. additional. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the yes. way those photo ops go, they rush you in and they rush you out. You don't even have time to say hello. Yeah, yeah. You just you, uh, sometimes you they don't even have the person there. They Photoshop the person in. Yeah. I we have less than a minute, so I want to quickly mention in the pandemic I've seen where they have like the plexiglass in between them, so you don't even get you know you walk in and then you run back out. That's like how it was. I've seen these shots, but we have less than a minute to go. So, senior correspondent Charles Saldino, final thought. Yeah, let's all, all live in peace and death to all war pigs. <laughs> Fishy sarcasm, Dominic Definition, Rance Ronald. Final thoughts for the segment. Uh, I actually had a wonderful celebrity interaction the other day where I ran into John Waters uh, at a Starbucks. Huh. And what happened? Oh. I thanked him for his, I said his performance in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel was wonderful. He said, thank you very oh. much. And that was it. Hmm. Once again, hmm. always compliment a celebrity. You'll never be disappointed. They're always going to be nice to you. There you go. Oh, man, Jenny Feldy, take it away. Uh, very quickly, uh, if you ever don't want to say no to something, I'm very direct. I always almost say no. I don't give excuses, but I'm going to do something new from now on. I'm just going to charge an obscene amount of money. Great idea. <laughs> there so, you go. With that, we're going Lucky. to take a break. We'll be right back <laughs> <laughs> with the game on the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. It's sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee with our special guest, Riley. What Hi. Are we, hey, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about Star Wars Legos, since that's my favorite type compared to every other Legos. So Star Wars Legos are your thing? Yes. Okay, very cool. What is the top Lego that you have made so far? Top Lego? Well, um, let me see. Actually, it's probably the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon is a great choice because it's one of the best ships, or the best ship, in Star Wars as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I don't think it's the best ship. What? What do you mean? Boba Fett's ship. Boba Fett's ship is very cool, but the Millennium Falcon is better. Yeah, that's because you got more stuff in it, like, yeah, I get what you mean. Well, how many pieces were in this uh, Lego set that you made? What do you mean? How many pieces? You mean the... Millennium, yeah. That was like 1,400 or 1,700. 
pieces and I made in a day. You must have a lot of patience to do this thing. Because I would sit there and be like, no, I can't do this. Oh, that happens to me all the time. I have, like, a major breakdown almost everything, every time, like, almost every Lego. Because, like, it, like, when it doesn't connect, it, it, and it won't, because I don't follow a direction or I miss something, it's, I don't want to redo the whole thing, so I try improvising it. You try to improvise it? Yeah, but it still, it still looks the same, like... One of my Legos up there, it's called the, um, what was it called? It's called Knights of Ren Battleship. Yeah. Yeah, I messed up there. It doesn't look like you see anything, but there's a mess up there. Really? That's impressive. But you didn't mess up the Millennium Falcon. Did you? You did? No way! Tell me about it. Well, because, like, like all the pieces, everything was fine, but it was just, there was this one direction I didn't see and it messed up really just the whole thing. But it looks great. What do you I mean? know it looks great, but why do you I think I let nobody touch it? Oh, because something's going to fall apart on it? Yeah, because like so when you see like Han Solo's driving um, or flying the, the ship, yeah. it's like by the neck piece it's not attached. Oh. Only half of it because I because I did a mess up there. I, I tried putting sh- something there, but I didn't read a direction cor- correctly, and that's like a huge mess up. Because if I touch that, like if I try pulling it apart real quick, it's gonna take a long time just pulling it back on. Well, why didn't you tell me? I would have helped you. Well, it was already too late, but I didn't want to do it because you would have to redo almost the whole thing. Oh, really? You got to go back very far through it. Oh, all right, but it looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of your favorite things, though, that you made. Yeah, probably, yeah. All right, very cool. And what do you look forward to making next? Probably three things, since I have them. Okay. Darth Vader's castle, which is, like, the best. It has, like, him and the bacteria tank and two red guards. And it has him, you know, in um, one of the movies is either The Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope. Yeah, it's one of those. Um, He goes in this, like, huge tank, not a bacteria tank, um, like a huge black metal thing, and it's like where his head gear and armor just gets off of it. Oh, you're talking about his, like, rejuvenation tank, or whatever they call that, pod. Yeah. Right, so they have that in the Lego version. Yeah, they have that in the Lego version. And then the other thing I would be looking forward to build is the Razor Crest, which is from the Mandalorian, because it's very cool. I, like... I have the whole Lego box of that, Mm -hmm. and in the inside, it looks like it's like it. It looks like there's nothing there, but it's cool because I got the Mandalorian's land speeder, and I could just put it in there. No way, really. Yeah, and the other thing, well, the last thing I would look forward to building Mm -hmm. is a light cruiser. Oh, the light cruiser! Yes, that was look pretty cool. It is because like. Um, it's like, because it opens in the, in like, it, it opens, it only has one flap in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It opens, and then you see, like, the command center, and the Mandalorian. This is other guy, he had the Darth Saber, I forgot what his name. Oh, Moff Gideon, I think. Yeah, him. Name. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, what else? Yeah, then they had the Darth Trooper. 
Okay. And, like, that's very cool about it. So that's great. So you have three new projects that you're going to be working on for the Legos. Well, not really. I got more. Well, I know you have more, but those are the three you're looking forward yeah. to, right? Yeah. So we're going to have to take a giant picture of you with all these Legos at some point, right? When they're all built? Yeah, but there's this other thing I got to tell you about. So. Okay. This was homemade, just fresh with all my other Legos just in a huge bin and mixed around. Homemade, there's no instructions. And so I was thinking in the Clone Wars, I was thinking to make like a rebel base. And, well, not a rebel base, I said that wrong. I meant like a clone base. Where everything is like just clone and it has materials and stuff. I didn't make it. It was humongous. It was probably at least... A thousand five hundred something pieces, or maybe less. That you just made from anything. Yeah, made from anything. Of Legos, right? Yeah. yeah. And it had a command center and it wasn't it was like a tall command center. That command center was from like a police station, but I took that apart because I I don't know why I do that, but I still do that. And I put that on the on the clone base. Then, there's, like, a clone lounge, like, where they sleep. Yeah. And it was, like, close to the command center. Then there's this whole thing with guns and, like, ships, well, machines, actually, in, like, a garage, kind of. And then, for the last thing, I made, like, a, from, what's it called? You know when they call it, um, it's from, how can I say this? It's from people who were in jail, those... Prisons? Bars. The bars? The prison yeah. bars, yeah. Yeah, so I got Lego prison bars. I put those around like a horse so it w- won't get out. And it was like Master Yoda's horse. <laughs> like if he wanted so to like go somewhere and I put that on that. And it was probably like the best corporation. But then we tried moving it up a higher, like a higher place so my dog, well, when we got a dog, he wouldn't like eat it. But then it was, like, falling apart there after a while. It's probably been, like, a whole couple months. So I just had to destroy it because it was, like, falling apart, and I didn't want to keep it like that because I knew I couldn't fix it. All right. Well, on to the next project, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Riley, for having. We're we're glad to have you, and we look forward to speaking to you again soon. All right. Bye. Bye. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Hi everyone, this is Tom Christopher. I had played Hawk on Buck Rogers on the 25th century, and you are listening to It Came From Radio. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the comic book school may just have the answer to your questions. 
Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. Hi, Radioheads. This is Elle Mann here with Sarah Humphreys, an author of six books who got published at 16. So if you're in your 30s or 40s and you're whining about not being published, talk to Sarah Humphreys. How did you get published at 16? Well, I was really lucky, actually, because my next door neighbor is part of a writing program led by a New York Times bestselling author, where she basically took in anyone who wanted to learn how to write a book, and she would teach us how to write books and teach us how to properly format query letters to pitch to agents, and it was this huge process, and we had to write a book in six months, and then at the very end of it, we got a chance to pitch to agents from publishing companies that she knew, and I got accepted by one of them. That's great. So for anyone who's listening, is this person still available as a resource to teach how to write books? Yeah. Uh, Her name is Angie Fenimore, and her program is called the Calliope Inner Circle. Very cool. Very cool. So I don't know. I can't help. Do you believe in fate? Do you think that maybe you were fated to live next door to this person? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) I've just always wanted to be published and learn how to write books. And and yeah, so it was really nice that I had that opportunity and and I was able to be formally taught. And I Mm -hmm. it was was cool. Super cool. I'm sure your parents are proud, right? Oh, yeah. My my dad actually went through the program with me and he wrote his own story. So it was really fun being with him. And so I so I told you I was going to ask questions that you said, but I also said I was going to see what comes to mind. So I OK, I am a big fan of doubles tennis and I just call a lot of things doubles tennis uh, doing a show with a partner like we're doing a dialogue. It feels more like doubles tennis and singles because you got a partner and I, also, you know, I've been teaching fitness for several years. If you have a partner, a lot of times people are more likely to stick with their workout plan, their eating plan. If they're meal prepping with someone, they're eating with someone. So you had your dad going through this program. Do you think that helped you to stay on course and stick with it to have a little bit of a support or a lot of support by your dad? Oh, yes, definitely. I would not have made it if it hadn't been for my dad because I I had to go through classes while I was Mm -hmm. doing high school Mm -hmm. and I had to go on Zoom calls talking to the other students that were at least two decades older than me. So whenever I was like, no, dad, I don't want to do my assignment today. He was like, come on, we have to. I'll watch a Marvel movie with you. (laughs) He was just really fun and supportive. You might have dropped out if it wasn't for your dad. Yeah, maybe it was it was awful. I did not want to write a book in six months. <laughs> yeah, that's really fast, six months, but it shows that you it can be done six months if you I mean, how many hours would you say you worked on the book per day or per week? Like remember. Two hours a day. But two hours a day, and then maybe in six months you can have a book with the right team on your side. Yes. Get someone to motivate you. <laughs> Okay, that's really cool. So uh, what were your obstacles to overcome in order to get nationally published? Well, going through the program itself, that was (laughs) art. And then the day when we had to pitch 
our manuscripts to all of these publishers over Zoom. And we were all crowded in the house and we had to like sit in lines and then we went in, had the two minutes with the publisher and then we mm-hmm. went back out and sat down and waited for like three more hours and then we would go in for another publisher. It was a very stressful day. My dad had to go out and get me a cafe meal <laughs> because I wasn't going to make it. Coffee, you said? Cafe, uh, sorry, not coffee. Um, Cafe Rio. It's one of my favorite restaurants. So. Oh, oh. So what did you? What did he give you? From I Cafe got tacos. Rio? Tacos or tacos help to sustain you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. See, I have grapefruit and oranges next to me, and a half a half decaf whole concoction of coffee and cafex, which tastes like coffee. It's because I love it. It helps me. All right. So, a uh, personal question maybe this would help other people too. A lot of people suffer from writer's block or perhaps they bring it onto themselves. I know, I definitely know there's certain foods or people I'm around or exercises I do that can make me more creative and um, just more able to do what we're doing now and prepare just a simple setup and be productive. And then there's certain foods like peanut butter, eating bowls and bowls of rice or pizza. Pizza will throw me off course. Are there certain things that you find make you more creative, more in the flow, more energetic? Are there some things that seem to shut you down? Uh, I eat popcorn a lot. Right? I don't know why, but whenever I eat popcorn, I like feel really comfy and I'm like, okay, I'm in my safe spot. I can keep writing. So I usually have popcorn next to me. I eat, I eat too much. It's, it's bad, <laughs> but that's, that's a food that I know gets me into like a comfy creative mode, I guess. Yeah. It, so popcorn gets me in a comfy state, but I will tell you, and other clients of mine have, have confirmed this waking up the next day. If I eat more than like two or three handfuls of popcorn, I'll get, wake up with a brain fog or I'll need to sleep more. <laughs> And I find that my speech is slower. And a lot of people have said this, but while I'm in the mix, it's nice to crunch on something, see with that tension, maybe the popcorn is like a crunching thing. So comfort. Chips too. I love chips. So like while you're writing, are there any things you eat while you're writing? Just just any snack that I can find that I can chew on, like cereal, chips, popcorn, cookies, anything really that not healthy for you okay okay all right so let's see um what's your favorite part of writing what what do you think is the most is it being done with it is it the process is it the excitement before or do you like the whole thing uh well being done with it is definitely a very awesome feeling too I love it I just love being done. Uh, but I, I really do like the, the first little bit where I'm like, hey, I have an idea for something and it's really cool and I'm excited about this and let's make up all these characters and their personalities and what the world is going to be like and what type of magic we're going to have. So the the um, initial planning stages are usually really fun because I can just mm-hmm. be creative and weird. Mm-hmm. So you're really into fantasy So one of my theories on fantasy and just escapism in general, you know, the beginning of the pandemic was a really scary time for people. Now, a lot of people aren't afraid at all. Some people are still living in fear. It is still a, it is still a very strange time. There's a lot of fighting on the, on the internet, not necessarily in my home, no way. Um, But do you find that writing fantasy or reading fantasy helps to bring you out of scary times if you're experiencing any yes absolutely that is like 
the number one reason it's really fun. Like I, like when I had a bad day at school or something, I'm like, let's watch a TV show mm-hmm. where a teenager finds out that they're magic and goes on an adventure and has fun and and I, yeah, stuff like that. I just, I just, it's very much escapism and being able to just have fun for a while and not worry about anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think and speak a lot about sacrifice. So for me, we don't know each other too well. I have a health guidebook. I try train clients. Everything's part-time now, but there's training. You got to maintain the gym. There's stand-up. You have to have your stand-up material. There's two movies I'm shooting next month and there's a live show. That's just some things. So there's a lot of preparation that goes into the looks, the memorizing, the pre-production. And there's a lot of work that goes into writing a book and producing the book and also marketing the book. Um, are there certain behaviors or activities that you sacrifice? Like I pretty much don't go out to dinner with people. I don't celebrate birthdays really. I don't wish anyone a happy birthday. I'll just be nice to them year round. Um, there's happy hours, drinking alcohol. I don't do, there's a lot of things I don't do because they say, okay, this is not fitting into the big picture of my goals. So there are certain things that you've said, okay, I'm not doing this because I need to create time for your goals, your writing goals. Yeah, I think I need to stop watching TV. Okay. I I haven't really stopped. I've just tried to decrease the amount that I watch because I really do kind of have a TV addiction and a sugar addiction. You get addicted to a lot of stuff when you're a creative person. Yeah, yeah. I think even if you're not, I think the body is programmed to some type of addiction. And I think we're all going to be addicted. This is Scott Adams just said this recently, we're all going to be addicted to something. That's my mindset too. So pick healthy addictions, pick addictions <laughs> that kind of can love you back. Like I'll love certain foods I make. I make this vegetable bread called Grinch bread. My boyfriend calls it. And uh, it's delicious. I crave it. It makes me happy, but it honors my body as well you know, or making a film, I'm kind of addicted to making films, but it honors me. But TV and sugar, back when I was in my teens and 20s, those those were some life ruining addictions. I got to say though, I it really ruined many days of my life, the TV and the sugar. So you got to keep those under control and maybe find other things. Um, I heard this a long time ago, make your visions stronger than your addiction. So let's say you have something that's so exciting or 10 things are so exciting. I'll try to make those things or put them in my calendar that they overpower any type of cookie or honey roasted peanut or sugar, Oreo, sorry, no offense to Oreos, addiction. And then I'll say, okay, you have all these things, get excited for that. And you can put the cookie down as Arnold said, <laughs> you know, put the cookie down. Cause that those things, listen, those can be very serious addictions. Um, so we're almost at the end, but we've been doing like 13 minutes or so. Um, let's see. How do you create characters that people love and hate? Uh, Well, when you create a character, you try, I think I start most with try and give them a motivation, like a motivation that people will relate to, sympathize with, understand. Like I have a character whose entire motivation is just to 
help her sister or something because her sister is very sick and she needs to help her and so and so having like a motivation that is very strong and very human like um a, a reader invests automatically with that mm-hmm. sometimes it's just really fun to give your characters like cute little quirks like oh this person really likes the scarf that his brother gave him or this person is really nerdy about this type of thing it's just it's just these random little details that make them more relatable normal i guess you're trying to make a human being it's it's mm-hmm. kind of hard um yeah so like base personality and like motivations that they have flaws that they have to eventually overcome because that's their character arc throughout the story mm-hmm. uh, so and sometimes it's just really nice like creating like a good person like a person who will just is a cinnamon roll they're cute and precious and innocent yeah. and you just want to protect them and and mm-hmm. so that's why i make characters that that people like characters that people hate are easy because all you need to do is make someone invested into the cinnamon roll sweet innocent main character and then have another character directly hurt or or um just make that other character's life awful bring up their flaws stuff like that so if if a character is really mean to another character that you really like then you automatically hate that other person (laughs) or just you know make them it's it's (laughs) it's easier to make a character that readers hate than to make a character that readers love because you know if if a character kills a whole lot of people well naturally you're gonna hate that character because they're doing bad things that hurt Mm. others so So let's see final questions what authors are your inspirations uh I don't know how many authors you would know because you like the audience, the audience. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. I really like Brandon Sanderson. Okay. Uh, yeah. He's written Skyward, the Stormlight Archives, uh, Steelheart, Mistborn. He's written a whole lot of very popular fantasy series and his warbling is really good. So I always try to um, see what his tricks are and the magic that he creates. I really like that. Um I really like uh, Rick, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, dang it, I really should find out, uh, Rick Riordan or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, he wrote Percy Jackson, and I really like Percy Jackson, because I love mythology and culture, and like a pantheon of gods type story, and that's that's fun, so those are some authors that I really like. Any plans to put your books on tape? Uh, actually, yes, I'm planning on uh, making audiobooks, maybe a few recordings, stuff like that. Um, a lot of people have been asking for it, so I'll probably make one sooner or later. Very cool. I, I love the audiobooks now just because I have so much to clean that I'm always cleaning. I don't have time to even hold my phone in my hand. I don't, no one gets texts anymore. My final question, what are some of your tips for aspiring authors? Uh, well maybe what you said to um <laughs> you always need to just find time to write and so mm-hmm. if you like writing then maybe you should clear out other stuff in your life that maybe is not healthy or a little less important than than um a hobby for writing you just need to finish something that's mm-hmm. that's all you need to do if you at least finish a manuscript or a short story or anything you are better than 90 percent of the writers out there because no writer yeah. finishes anything <laughs> so right. if you just make time for it and stick to it then you'll be able to actually get a manuscript and and pitch to publishers and hopefully get accepted 
but I'd love to hear your books turned into audiobooks and maybe movies or short films or YouTube sketches, which I'm more in the film world. So I love to see that. I don't know. You got the whole world ahead of you. I'm 37. So <laughs> you, you definitely have some time if you take care of yourself and you make it to 37 or 107. And the final, final question I lied is where can everyone find you, your website, your social media? Um, my website is just my name, Um, I am on Facebook, just my name again. And on Instagram, I'm Sarah Fantasy Author. Um, and you can buy my book basically anywhere you can buy books. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any online stores like Target, Walmart, etc. Um, so yeah, you can buy the copy, a physical copy or any book, just wherever. Well, congratulations on all your success and achievements. Definitely hope to see more. Super inspiring. And everyone, I hope you enjoyed Sarah Humphreys. Now back to more. It came from the radio. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Hey kids, this is CJ Ramon of the world famous Ramones, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. If you had any honor... You would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, IndieVolt.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.